Fathers, payday is coming. Amen. I know you already got your payday, but I'm talking about uh, an eternal day. The investment you made in your family. Uh, the investment you made on the job, the investment you made in the in the workforce, the investment you made in the kingdom, the investment you made in the church, in the mission of God. I mean, oh, God has not forgotten your labor of love. And payday is coming. It's a day that's a, a day of reckoning. I mean, oh, God's going to make every wrong right. I need Taylor to get back. I need an amen somewhere. I mean, oh, one day God's going to make every wrong right. It's a day of reckoning. It's also a day of rejoicing. Because we're going to rejoice one day. We, when, 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 when I see my family, you know, in the presence of the Lord. I mean, no, heaven's going to be a real good day. And today, you know, my family's gone. My father and mother are both gone. But uh, there's going to be a day where the family of God's going to be together. You'll be with your family. Wanda Cole, I miss her. I miss her. It's five years and I still miss her. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Because never could a little four foot five woman tell this man how the cow chews the cabbage. She lay straight and smiled the whole while from Piedmont, Missouri, wherever. There was a little train town somewhere. Uh, and she would let you have it. Boy, I miss her. And, uh, and I'm sure some of you today on the day like today miss your fathers. You miss your mothers. You miss your family. Grandfathers. Whoever invested in you. But uh, I just wanted to run through because it's so much to talk about uh, a father's blessing. It's, it's just so much to talk about. And as, as I contemplated that, I just wanted to give you a pictorial before I get to my text and give you what I feel like I want to deal with one, one father-son relationship. But, wow, how many are there? I, I could have picked, uh, Josiah, I could have picked any text, uh, you know, Abraham and Isaac, I, Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and you know, Manasseh and Ephraim, and just on down. In fact, I just did a little pictorial for you so we can see. Abraham, bless all the children of the world. How I many know he's called Father Abraham? Abraham was his name. It meant father, you know, of the flesh, right? Father of man of the flesh. Uh, but then the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, Abram was his name, father of the flesh, Abram, right? But then God changed his name to Abraham, Abraham, you know, it's that Ruach, the Holy Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit will make a difference in a father's life? How many believe the Holy Ghost will make a difference in a man's life? The Holy Spirit comes into your life. You'll be a better husband, a better father, a better man of God, a better employer, employee, church person, leader, whatever you are. Holy Spirit will make a difference, and God changed his name. He also changed Sarah's name from Sarai to Sarah, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach. And, uh, and, and so I believe that the Holy Spirit in a parent's life, in a man and a woman, can help you lead your children the best you can. And none of these fathers and sons uh, relationships were perfect. None of them were. But, but Abraham blessed his children. He, he, he believed God. Then Isaac, his son. You remember when uh, Sarah tried to rush the will of God? I mean, oh, your choices are important. Your choice is important. I'd rather wait on God and get Isaac than rush the Lord and get Ishmael. I'd rather wait on God and get the spiritual son than to rush the Lord and get Ishmael. Trouble in the camp. Flesh will destroy the family faster than anything. But how many know God has a blessing for everybody? <laughs> it's amazing. But Isaac blesses Jacob. Uh, 
Wow, you know, he uh, he had a blessing. He's now losing his sight. He's getting old. And and uh, and so uh, <laughs> it was Rebecca who had a plan to get Jacob to go and put hair on his arm like Esau. And Isaac said to him, said, son, you, you know, you smell like Jacob. How many know your father knows how you smell? Oh, I wish somebody would help me here. A father who loves his son or daughter knows them, knows how they smell, knows how they feel. There is an, an intimate relationship. And if you didn't have one, you long for one. I know I did. And I had to find one. And I talked to friends who are struggling with learning how to be good fathers or husbands because they didn't have that example. They struggle. And they struggle. And I get that. I understand that. But how many know God can make up the gap? Does anybody believe Father God can make up the gap and teach us what we need to know so by the Holy Spirit? So Isaac blesses Jacob. I ain't got time to go there, but Jacob blesses his sons one by one, ten boys from Leah and two boys from Rachel. My goodness, he, he just loved Joseph. Joseph was his favorite son. And we don't have time to tell you the correlation or, or the or the parallels between joseph's life and jesus's life but man you go ahead and study it out i mean no, he's a type of christ in the old testament joseph what so much i don't have time to go there but but jacob had enough sense to bless them all bless them all and when you're dying listen to me clearly listen to me clearly when death comes to your uh, to your door you better be ready to pass out a blessing it's a shame that we wait till we're almost at the door of death before we pass out the blessing. How many know you can get a head start if you want to? And if we'll make the investment early, how many know we'll have something to say at the end of our life? Something to leave that has more than monetary value. Who cares if you have cows and cars and land and houses? I don't care for all that. I need something that has eternal value. Something with substance. Something spiritual. Something that helps, helps me to live in eternity forever with the Lord. That is un, I mean, that is, that is like, uh, priceless. You saw the visa commercial, right? Moments with your family, visa provided. How many of God can provide more than your visa? Priceless moments and, and early, early too. Ellie's only just six months and she's captured my heart. I know she's captured all yours too. The girl, all she does is smile. One thing we learned this week, she does not like sand, despises sand, just like her puppy. And if it, it, just to make matters worse on vacation, we take suntan lotion, put it on our legs, and then put sand on it. I mean, oh, that's double nasty, nasty. Can't handle it. And my baby's growing up like that. I love that. Chip off the old block. Jacob blesses his sons. Uh, but Joseph was a one boy. And Benjamin, Benjamin. The last. How many of the babies seem to get more blessing? How many babies here? Last of the Mohicans. Just one? Me and Curtis, the last two babies? Oh, Chrissy's a, definitely a baby. Betty Joe, you the baby? Do you know that, Josiah? You know that she's the baby. No more babies here? Just two, three? One over there, Sean? Okay. Hey, you wives, you need to take note. If they're the baby, you better take note of it. I'm the last of 11. <laughs> and, and, uh, and my family was so big, we had two families. Like the ones that got married and moved out, and then the ones that were left. And the ones that were married and moved out, like my sister Jerry, who I just buried last month, she actually raised, helped raise me. Remember back in the day? 
My family was Catholic, if you don't understand. We had 11 brothers and sisters. We believe in, uh, okay, God bless you. You understand? Uh, Jacob blesses Manasseh and Ephraim. So Joseph had two boys and, uh, and Manasseh and, and Ephraim. Double, a double blessing, a double blessing. And these are the 12 tribes, right? These are the 12 tribes of Israel. The blessing is important. And then you say, I you say, Jethro and Moses? How many know you can get blessed by a father-in-law? Somebody shout now. Oh, y'all missed a good time to shout. How many know in-laws can be a blessing? If they're spiritual, right? If they're spiritual. If they're not spiritual, they could be outlaws. But in-laws, Jethro blessed him, helped him manage how many people were there in the desert? Jethro gave him wisdom. I really appreciate, just want to stop and say, I appreciate my father-in-law. Who got saved, uh, same day, he got saved the same day I got saved. And, uh, and he, he too, as a surrogate father, can make up the difference. How many know men can make up the difference? They can make up the difference. Because if there's anything a young man wants, it's a blessing. I didn't have time to tell you about it, but when he saw was tricked he went out to get the uh, the deer meat and uh, hunted something bring back to his father isaac for the blessing for the birthright and uh and rebecca had set jacob up to go in and disguise himself as as Ish, as esau and and you know the story but but after the birthright was already given the the bible says that, uh, that esau came in and screamed loud father is there not a blessing left for me to me, that's the cry of young men in our culture today. Is there not a blessing left for me? So even Moses had his father-in-law. And then we have Samuel. And Samuel brought a blessing to Saul. Tall, head and shoulders above the rest. He's the first king. He's the first king. But Samuel, the man of God, the prophet, anointed him. And then David, too. And just think about David's father. I know we don't have time, and I'm going to talk about Paul and Timothy. I'm getting there. Just hang in there. Just say amen. I'll go faster. That's the only amen I'm going to get today. You see that? That's wrong. Sick and wrong. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so David, his father Jesse didn't see value in David. He brought all the other four brothers before Samuel the prophet because he was certain that God would use them. But this David, this little scrawny David, he don't have any value to anybody. Can I tell you? God sees the potential in you even when your father don't. That's a whole nother sermon some other day. And then there was Elijah and Elisha. You see Elijah putting the mantle on Elisha. You see the plow, the plow there. Elisha, he found it behind the plow. How I many know oh, we need to get some young men behind the plow? I said, today, nobody wants to go to work. If you wanted a job right now, you could get a job at Sonic for $16 an hour on skates, giving out corn dogs. I'll go talk to the board, see if I can get a part-time job there. See? Some extra honey money. You know what I mean or something? I've never seen a day like today. I've been everywhere up and down any street you want to go to. Everybody's hiring somebody. Anybody. Anybody can go to work. We're living in a day where the, that, that we have crippled. We have crippled our work class culture. Crippled them. By spoiling them. Giving them whatever they ask or want. But Elijah saw this young man behind the 12th plow. And he saw potential. Put the anointing on him. Put it. And then when he said when I, Elisha was doing, uh, there is there is in this mentor-mentee relationship, there is some responsibility not on the man of God, the father, but also on the son, on the mentee. 
There has to be a responsibility from the mentee to receive something from the mentor. I mean, if you're going to get something from God today, you got to open up your arms and receive it. He's got all you need, but you're going to have to pursue him the way Elisha pursued Elijah. And so Elijah told him, said, when I'm out of here, when I'm, when, if you stick with me, when I'm out of here, I've got a blessing for you. And he was there. And when Elijah went up, he sent the mantle down. I mean, we've got to have men pouring the mantle on young men. It has to be. It has to be. If we're going to have another generation of young men and women, we've got to do it. Putting a mantle on him right behind the oxen. Saw him in the field and said, hey, God's got something for you. He saw it. And then Paul blesses Timothy. Paul put his blessing on Timothy. Paul put a blessing on Timothy. Every Paul must have a, a, Tim, a Timothy. You've got to have a mentee. And every Timothy needs a Paul. And Barnabas is not a person to have, a bad person to have on your team either, right? I think Barnabas helped to mentor Paul. But uh, all of that, just to tell you, there's a legacy of love that must be. 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 5. Paul, an apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. By the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved Son, Timothy was not his biological son. But listen to the words here. In the spirit, Paul calls Timothy, my son. My son. (laughs) Jake, you know, Jake, um, he's our missionary. And he is is taken to pastor. Okay. He didn't have the, the best example of a father. So he's taken to pastor. That's what happens. What is he starving for a blessing? He's starving for a father. He and 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 our and our relationship has intensified. I almost call him. I almost call him. You know, Bubby. You know what I mean? Hey, my baby. He's a grown man, military man. But if you talk to Jake, it's almost like a just a, a little boy. Jake, if you're listening, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm trying to compliment you. But it's like a, a hungry little boy. Who's looking for something from the father. And the fathers need to step up to the plate. And that's what Timothy is to Paul. Grace and mercy and peace. Inner calm and spiritual well-being. How many could use some inner calm and spiritual well-being right now? I'll take a a boatload of that. A double portion if you please. What Elisha wanted from Elijah. But Elisha saw something in Elijah. Timothy saw something in Paul. But Paul saw something in Timothy. He knew it was good. I think every young man is worth investing in. What do y'all think? Everybody deserves a chance, even me. And if the Father God can grace you and me, I mean, we ought to be gracing other people. Willing to teach and train and mentor. Well-being from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I worship and serve with a clear conscience. Can I tell you, if you want to have something to chew on today, hey, Father, Mama, indeed, anybody here, Worship God. Serve God with a clear conscience. Don't let no ugly conscience get on you. Uh, don't let no guilt, shame get on you. Get it under the blood and get it right. And serve God with a clear conscience. That's a whole other sermon. But the way my forefathers did, he said, I learned from my forefathers. I constantly remember you, Timothy, in my prayers, night and day, all day, every night and day, as I recall your tears. I saw, I saw your tears, Timothy. I saw your pure heart. I saw your, your pure heart. Saw your tears. I long to see you so that I might be filled with joy. It fills me with joy to see you, Timothy. I mean, oh, young men need to feel that. 
value, value. I remember your sincere and unqualified faith. The surrendering of your entire self to God in Christ with confident trust in his power, wisdom, goodness, and faith, a faith which first lived in the heart of your grandmother, Lois. Now watch this. It's Father's Day, but Timothy's father was Greek. And in the absence of the father, the grandma kicked in. How many grandmas prayed your kids and grandkids in? A couple of you. Lois and your mother Eunice. And I'm confident that it's in you too, boy. Your daddy didn't give you. Your mom and daddy and your mama and your grandma gave it to you. That's good stuff right there. And then 1 Timothy 1, 2. To Timothy, look at it again. 1 Timothy. My true son in the faith. My true son in the faith. Grace and mercy. Again, the same thing. And peace. Inner calm and spiritual well-being. From God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. So he's going to give it. He's going to give you what God has given him. You see that transfer? It's transfer. It's a DNA. It's a spiritual DNA. God the Father gave it to Paul. Paul can't give him these things. He's saying it's from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul can't give him something that's going to sustain him. But what God gave Paul, Paul said you can get from, from Father God as well. I'm telling you how to do it. He said, I'm telling you how to do it. So two things about legacy of love. Number one, love doesn't center around emotions alone. Love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. It's an act of your will. People are falling in and out of love like they're crazy. They're talking about love like they love pizza. They love hot dogs. I love summertime. I love this. I'm in love with this person. I'm in love with that person. My affections. Who cares about your affections? It's not about your emotions. It's about an act of your will. And if your will doesn't line up with God's will, you got to get that thing right. Because you won't have peace and well-being. You'll have guilt and heaviness. Sin brings guilt and heaviness. But we're, we're going by our mind and our emotions. We're moved by what we feel. I have feelings for this person. I mean, oh, your feelings could get you in trouble. Somebody needs to help me out here. But if you'll love God and be in the will of God and love the way God loves, the right way, you won't be confused about who you are. When Brother Marty last week told me about the story of the transgender guy and how he called himself Pentecost, I felt like somebody just slapped God in the face. But God ordained and ordained the family, ordained the man and woman. Does anybody still believe this stuff? Pretty soon we're going to be preaching some foreign idea if we don't get back to the word of God. It's God's plan. Going to be in the will of God. Not by your emotions. Care how you feel. You better start getting the Holy Ghost to lead you instead of your feelings. It also has to be habitual. The world's turned off by the church today because they love them when they want to. And I tell you, if you're going to be a lover of souls, if you're going to be a mentor, if you're going to be a father or mother in the faith, you've got to love all the time. There's a confused bunch of kids out there that need the love of God. They need somebody to love them all the time. I'm not telling you to condone their behavior. I'm telling you not to condemn their value. Just because their head's crazy don't mean their heart is not pliable or moldable. Somebody influenced them for the wrong direction. They gave in to the flesh instead of the spirit. So I know we all have a personal responsibility, but how many know it is possible that God is looking for a man or a woman to stand in the gap to make up a hedge? 
to help teach young men and women how to live for God and not be moved by their emotions or how they feel at the moment. Right now, there are, are people and, and educated people, intellectuals, that telling, telling our kids, you just decide who you want to be. And I tell you, you better look into the Bible and see who God made you to be. Y'all missed a good time to shout right there. You don't have to make up some new belief. It's already been made. How many know everything that was made has been made by God? God ordained the family. We don't have to be confused. We don't have to try to identify it. We don't have to try to re-identify it or to redefine it. It's already been done, man, woman. That's it. You know one thing you can't do? If you don't do it God's way, you'll never be able to reproduce. So hope you like your style and your and your lifestyle because it's going to be a very lonely one. You'll never have a, another generation. You're, you're, you die and you die in your sin. There'll be nobody to take over. There is no more children because it just doesn't work that way. Boy, if I was in a Pentecostal church, they'd be shouting me down by now. And then Ephesians said, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Don't do whatever you think you want to do. Listen to your mom and daddy. They're a little older. They got gray hair or no hair, but somehow they went through the fire. Listen to your parents. That is, accept their guidance. You've got to receive it, the, the discipline and the guidance. And, 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 and as representatives of the family, you're honoring your mom and daddy. It's the fourth commandment with a promise. And you want to live long? You better listen to mom and daddy. In fact, that's what it says, right? But this is right. Is that right? For obedience teaches wisdom and self-discipline. Look at the next verse here. Honor, esteem, value as precious your father and your mother and be respectful to them. This is the first commandment with a promise. So that what? It may be well with you right now and that you may have a long life on the earth in the future. It'd be good for you to listen to mom and daddy right now. It'd be good for you today and it'd be good for you in the future. Notice nobody dealt with the past. If you made bad decisions in the past, how many believe God can redeem your stupid decisions and grace you just like he did the rest of us? So you made some mistakes. How many believe God heals our past and helps you if you listen to somebody, a spiritual mom and dad or a real mom and dad? In fact, we have some real mom and dads that may not be giving you spiritual counsel at all. But I had to find me a father or two and some mothers, mom and I, Melissa and I, we found some fathers and some mothers, surrogates, if you please, surrogates, to help us stay on the right track uh, so that we can be blessed. So, Dad, what can you leave your grandkids or your kids? How about acceptance? Just because we say and to accept them doesn't mean we accept sin. You could accept your kids. It's awful quiet in here. Maybe y'all just taking notes and getting with the program. I don't know. But you could accept your children without accepting their wrongful behavior. Can't you? I don't care how they act. They're still your children. And I'm thankful for the grace of Almighty God that when I didn't act right, he still loved me. His love for me was unconditional. He didn't love me more when I did better or love me less when I did worse. He just loved me. And accepted me and wooed me and called me and called me back and called me back and will always call me back if I will accept him. If I will receive that acceptance. It's pretty serious here, folks. 
Legacy is a fascinating word because it not only speaks to the future, but it speaks something beyond us, something that outlasts us. It's about, it's about what you leave for the next generation. Let them know you love them. Accept them. I accept people the way they are. People could come to Oak Grove all messed up, and they do, and they do. You might be here today. They come, and they don't have everything figured out. But we accept them as they are, but guess what? We love them too much to leave them in the shape they're in. I'll take you just as you are. And today you can come in as as uh, Lucy or Leo. I mean, confused as a termite in a wooden yo-yo. You can come in any way you are. But how I many know? By the time I'm done with you, you got to figure out whether you're Leo or Lucy. And I can help you real easy. Just find out what God gave you. That's who you are. Get your mind back in in line with your spirit and your body. Somebody ought to say amen to this. This is real stuff. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. God made you, and nobody can do anything better. You say, well, I don't like who he made me. Well, you better get to like it because that's what he made you. See, it's not that easy. Listen, I understand trauma, and I understand how you can lose your mind when you've been traumatized. But how many know somebody ought to bring healing and, and an anointing and ointment, and the ointment and the Holy Ghost of God can help you get restored and restore your mind, renew your mind, get you back to the place of original, the original plan of God. Not this manufactured lie from Satan. How many know God has an original plan for you from before you were born? So as a three-year-old, you don't have to determine whether you're a boy or a girl. God knows who you are. Just have to follow in his footsteps and let him coach you along. Or if he, if you can't listen to him, you're probably not going to listen to anybody else. But let the grace of God hit you. Let the love of God hit you. God loves you. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus was getting baptized by John the Baptist. Never did a miracle. Come on now. He's starting his ministry. He's not finishing his ministry. And the heavens open and the Father's voice said, that's my son and I'm very well pleased. This is what that means. It means your performance doesn't change God's mind. He loves you. And he accepts you. And he wants the best for you. So you have to come in alignment with him. Are y'all getting any of this? Proverbs says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children and his children's children. But the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Can I just look at that last part again? The sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. Hey, sinner friend, get all you can because it's coming to me. I don't know how you interpret that. But (laughs) Bill Gates, leave it. Leave it to the kingdom of God. Watch old girl build the church with it. I'm not sure Bill Gates is a sinner, but he doesn't act like a saint. Tell you that. Confused little man. You know, he wants to do something big. Bill Gates wants to leave a legacy. But he just doesn't have, he's not in tapped with, with spiritual and eternal. He's got all the money in the world. Your boy wants to try to find a way to block the sun from the earth to stop global warming. I'll tell you what, if global warming's such an impact, it sure took a long time for summer to get here. I don't know who's confused, a scientist or anybody else, but, but it's here. How many know summer has come? I think we missed spring. Somehow, just I don't know what's going on. God loves to mess up the, the weather man all the time. But I, I believe real legacy is not in the boardroom, but it's, it's in the living room. 
You're trying to leave a legacy. We're talking about making your mark on the world and secularism and, 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 and success. Can I tell you, real success is in your living room, not in your, not in your boardroom. You can be the CEO. You can be the biggest big dog there is. But how many know if your family don't know you and you don't know your family and that your family don't know God, you're going to be better get all you can because this is it. This is it. So our parenting window is very sharp. And the sooner we think legacy, spiritual legacy especially, the better our family is going to be if Jesus tarries. Can you say amen to that? So whether we're mentoring as parents or surrogate or parenting or coaching or parenting our kids, there are things we need to know as we go. Parenting, mentoring, coaching, or whatever comes in different stages. But we, uh, but the point is we need parents. We need both parents and specifically God's ordained plan for parenting, a father and a mother. If there's ever a day we need a fathers and mothers. And on this day, it's specifically fathers. Crime. Violence in the streets. And the number one reason. Experts say absentee fathers. They're going to gangs. Anybody that will accept them, gangs, false teaching, cults, anybody that will accept them. And the church put a stiff arm on them because the church wants them to be perfect when they get here. Can I tell you, you wasn't perfect when you came. If, 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 if perfection was what we needed, Old Grove got messed up 20 years ago when we came. Messed a whole bunch up. Because nobody's perfect. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not perfect. Turn back to them and say, neither are you, child, chick, dude. There's much to learn from both. Both are needed, right? Both are needed desperately. But the greatest problem we're facing in America today is lack of fathers. The streets were my father. I don't know. It just got me. The streets are my father. That's what the gang member who got saved said, Max. The streets were my father means he had no father in the home. If the truth be known, we are fatherless. We were fatherless. Now we're parentless. We were a fatherless generation. Now we are a parentless generation. None. There's none. Nobody in the home. That's just a recipe for disaster. So before we go any further, uh, again, I want to thank God for single-parent moms. Amen? Going the distance along, hardworking, loving moms. They can strengthen the family. And I hear our Heavenly Father and our sons and, and our sons and daughters can find grace. But, but God's ideal is to have both. Father's love is, is a must. So I want to give you some things quickly here that, uh, that you need to know. Uh, obviously, accept them. Accept them, but teach them about God. From the nursery. Could you help me applaud those in the nursery today? From the nursery, from the nursery, I said from the nursery, we spoke, we spoke to our babies before they were ever delivered. I spoke to them babies before they ever came out. Just depends on when you want to get started. Amen. If I would have known what to say, (laughs) I would have said more things before they came out. But God knows, right? And we need to love our children. We need to accept them. Number two, uh, they need your approval. Man, do they need your approval. Acceptance, you know, because, because we're a part of them. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're in the family. We're one unit. 
But when the whole family comes into the spirit of God, then we are a one unit with God. We're one with God. How many know that a husband and wife get into fellowship with God, a covenant with God, they become one flesh? When the whole family is in with God, how many know you're one covenant family? We're a covenant family. And in a covenant family, if you want the covenant to continue, the father has to put a blessing. The father has to put a blessing. Rachel didn't put a blessing. Rebecca didn't put a blessing. Sarah didn't put a blessing. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob put the blessing. Is anybody hearing me? Why is that? It's because there's a ordained by God from the beginning, a divine order that God created, responsibilities in the man. Oh, it's awful quiet in here. In this gender-crazy culture, a man needs to be the man. Own up, Daddy. Big A. Get it. Get in there and, and own up to your responsibilities. Be the man. Somebody shout, "Be the man!" Be the man! Be the man! Mama's not supposed to be protecting. If you hear in, in the night something, you hopefully you, you as a husband don't say, "Honey, get up, get the gun, and go check that out." I hope you're not doing that. You're not being the man. That's called being the coward. You need to get saved if that's your problem. And if mama's doing all the work and going to work and you're at home like a bum, be the man. Be the provider. Be the protector. Be the priest. Don't drop your kids off to school or church. Take them. Be the man. This will preach. This will really preach somewhere. God will not deny us. We can't deny our families. So we accept them and we approve them. We not only give our children acceptance, we need to give our children approval. They have, they have to need the approval of the Father. It confirms their identity. You are mine. You are mine. Right? You have to wonder. You have to go out nowhere. I had two girls. Let me tell you something, Daddy. If you'll show your babies love, those little girls love, they won't go looking for love in other places. You see that? So Father, absence of approval and love and acceptance. They'll be going somewhere to find it. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants it, and they'll find it. I said they will find it. And church, listen, as a church, we as the bride of Christ, I mean, we have to raise kids. We approve these kids. We trust these kids. We love these kids. We accept these kids. They're our kids. Hey, they're ours. So they're not mine. If you're part of this house, how many know they are yours? We are that means every old rotten kid in this house is yours. <laughs> I'm just telling you. They're yours. They're yours. You say, uh, well, Pastor, I'm glad you go to kids camp with them. I'm not going. <laughs> we have an identity crisis that may never be resolved simply because it's never been confirmed by a father's approval. It's serious. It's a serious issue. Why do children have no idea who they are? Because they haven't been given approval. Nobody sat down to tell them who they are. They're, 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 you know, I don't know if that there's arrogance. Maybe there is. I know 2 Timothy 3 says there's arrogance. Men shall be lovers of themselves. That's arrogance. But for the children, I think it's more like ignorance. And if they're ignorant and the, and the man is loving himself, then they're not getting it. Are you seeing they're not getting the blessing? Are you seeing that? And it heads to a disastrous day in our future. So I'd rather have God's approval than God's anointing any day. This is my beloved son, and I am well pleased. Are you waiting for your son or daughter to do something good before you approve? That's performance-driven. That's not love. 
That's not love. And God doesn't do that to you. We shouldn't do that to our kids. Good preaching, Pastor. Keep going because it's time to go home almost. How about affection? We need to give our children affection. Number three, affection. Affection. So this is what I wanted to say. We're not condoning sin, but we do, we do not need to condemn our kids either. Many kids are seeking the approval from everybody else because the Father has not loved them. I'd rather have God's approval than God's anointing any day. Jesus had not done any miracles yet before God spoke his approval at the baptism. So affection. Want to leave your kids something? Leave them affection. Now you say, Pastor, I'm not an affectionate person. Well, I am. This is not hard for me. Remember I told y'all, Dan, the air-conditioned man? I told him I love him. Remember that? Guy come to fix our air-conditioned. I said, love you, Dan. He looked at me kind of strange like, wow. <laughs> Pastor Ron loves me. So maybe I do get out of hand sometime. I got to straighten that out a little bit. But, but I genuinely, Dan's a Christian. Dan, if you're watching, I do love you, buddy. I only have one love and everybody gets it. Do you keep your love for people? I know there's degrees of intimacy. I understand that I don't love uh, a certain person as much as I love my lady. And I don't love my lady as much as I love my Lord. Are y'all hearing me? How can I love my lady the way she needs to be if I don't love my Lord the way he needs to be? And if mom and daddy ain't right, I mean, the kids are going to have a struggle. Are y'all seeing that? So, but, but affection is, is serious. It's not just simply a warm feeling towards somebody. It's a devotion to that person. We have to devote to our kids. It's, it's not to stuff. Some people are trying to buy their kids love or give them stuff, right? We have to be devoted to them. They need us more than they need things. They begin to think that they're, they're taking second place if we don't love them. It's, it's, it's like in America where so many fathers are addicted to television or the telephone. And the child comes to talk to the dad. And dad's watching TV and says to the child, don't bother me right now. Don't bother me right now. Don't bother me. Hey, listen, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Get out from in front of that TV. The LSU Tigers are playing. Get out from in the front of that TV. I'll talk to you in about an hour. There's something very important going on. How I many know that sends a message? If we do it too often, remember love is habitual. If we do it too often, the child thinks that the LSU Tigers are more important than they are. Help us, Lord. And so, affection. Suffer because the child doesn't get the proper affection. And number four, really, I only got five just to give you a heads up. A father's blessing. Oh, I love this picture. Uh, the composition of the father's blessing. There's, there's this element of loving touch. That's why Isaac touched. That's why the Father's blessing. They do it in the they do it in, in the uh, Hebrew. It's uh, it's this this nanu nanu, you know, like back in the day, <laughs> nanu nanu. Uh, so they do it like that. It's basically it's basically uh, together. It's like the angels' wings that are over the Ark of the Covenant. Max, that's what it's like. They take that Ark of the Covenant blessing uh, covering over the Ark of the Covenant, and they put the blessing on the forehead of the child, son or daughter, and they speak a blessing. And they speak a blessing. And so not only the element of touch, the loving touch. See, children are being inappropriately touched. And, and our world's so perverted, they don't even know what a real touch is. In fact, if you're a godly man or woman, and, and you're kind of scared to touch children today because you could be called a pervert or something. It's so wicked out there that we can't even, we got to, you know. I mean, the devil set that thing up. The devil set that up. Might even set up the, uh, the, the, the Facebook and all that so we can not touch anybody or see anybody. We say whatever we want. We don't have to have an intimate relationship, but you don't have to touch. You don't have to hug you. How about COVID? 
Don't get around me. So there's an element of spoken words and affirmation. We have to have the loving touch and the spoken word. That's the languages of love, right? Gifts of kind, oh, kindness and thing, all that stuff. Don't have time to go into it, but but it's 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 serious because um, there's no way to give the blessing. That's how it is right there. I love it. When I go to camp, when I go to camp, I lay hands. And remember, how many times did I tell y'all that my pastor came and laid hands on me? And big tears fell on my neck. And as a young man who needed acceptance, love, affirmation, the physical touch of a big godly man praying for me and speaking a word over me, it set me into orbit. I am the way I am because somebody loved me. Can I just tell you today, if you didn't have a father or a mother or a loving parent, somebody up there loves you. And he's willing to put his hands on you. As Jesus did in Mark chapter 10 to the children, like just like that. The rabbi would bless them, put his hands on them, touch them, put them on his knee. Take your children and your grandchildren and talk to them before somebody else does. If you don't put a seed of truth in them, somebody's going to put a seed of lies in them. They're going to believe something. You either influence them or somebody else will. So, so affection, affection. And, uh, and then uh, Genesis 27, my son Isaac said, Come closer, Isaac said, my son, come closer where I can touch you. Find out if you really are Esau or not. He was confused. The fourth thing is association. Association. We must teach our children association, though they have a, a sense of belonging, a sense of belonging. It's, it's important that you get this because I think it comes in stages. Uh, if, if, if it helps you, uh, then, then the first stage kind of is a, is a teaching, loving, discipline stage. I think that's probably um, zero to uh, zero to five, or, or, or it's a shepherding stage. You're touching, loving babies need to be cuddled and coddled and love them and talk to them and and goo goo with them. And you know how y'all crazy parents do. You just look so silly. You're talking to a, a, an infant and has no common sense. It has no intellect at all. It's you lost your mind. And why did you lose your mind? Because you're in love with an infant. And you want that infant to know your voice. That's the shepherding stage. You smell. That baby smells like you, mom and daddy. You smell like that baby. You understand that? Very close, very close. And then, and then the training stage is 5 to 12. That's you're not, you're not their buddy. I mean, no, you're not their buddy. Mom and dad, you're not your kid's buddy. You're their parent. It's a correcting stage. It's a teaching stage. We're not here to play ball only. We've got to give you life lessons. We've got to teach you something. Are you hearing me? This is accountability. Actions have consequences, good and bad. We've got to teach them that. And they're love, but they're consequences. I love you, but you, put your st- you stick your finger in that socket, you're going to get shocked. You know what we do? We go buy plastic things and put them in the socket instead of telling them to get their finger out of there. Finding ways. We're giving them contraceptives and tell them, Stay safe. Let me tell you how stay safe. Stay away from it until you're married. This is a preach. It's a little old time, but it's what's going on today. We're wondering what happened to our children. You're more of a trainer at this stage, teaching kids how to interact in the world while not losing sight of the values that they learned at home. Marty mentioned this last week. What you learn quickly is not everybody is going to have the same values. We have 
we have to say to our kids, this is what we believe, how we behave. And we're not better than them. This is how the Morans live. I don't care how they live. This is how we live. Well, Pastor Daddy, Daddy, they're doing it. I don't care who what they're doing. This is how we live. You, you see, because they don't understand what's going to happen to their family in the future. But we know what's going to be in our family if we got to keep on the straight and narrow. You're responsible for your family. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. The Joneses are broke. Yes, they got boats and houses and everything, but they're broke. Oh, y'all not helping me here. They're going to suffer later, but payday is coming. You live godly in Christ Jesus. Third stage is a 13 to 18 coaching stage. In this stage, kids are forming their own identity and how they want their peers to perceive them. So they desire more independence from mom and dad. So you got to give a little, got to give a little, right? It's a natural part of growing up and moving toward independence. So we release them. It's tough, but they must form their own convictions under supervision and wisdom. You got to trust them a little bit. But if you invested in the training stage, then when you get to this coaching stage, you could still be there, but you, you know, you're coaching, you're not, you're not making all the decisions for them. And I uh, don't have time to go into personal. Uh, my, my kids don't like me to use personal experiences anyway. I got in trouble before. The purpose at the coaching stage is to release your kids to establish their own biblical convictions. What do you believe? Ask them. Ask them. If they don't know, teach them. Tell them what we believe. And then the fourth stage is friendship. You do get there. Ages 18 up. In this phase, your kids are likely moved out on their own. Now it's 37 probably before they get out on their own. They're the ones not going to work, remember? I'm teasing. I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them all. They're all my kids, right? The active parenting stage is over, and your kids must take full responsibility for their choices. Now we're mentoring and leading. We're not, we're not with them, and we're ahead of them. We're leading them. We must be willing to lead them, but they must be willing to follow. And so the purpose of friendship stage is to release your kids to be mature, responsible adults. Adulting is hard, I'm telling you. I didn't know any better, and I didn't have anybody to help me in the adulting stage. But you know where we're losing our kids? In the young adult area. You go to university, we're losing them in the universities. We're losing them. That age, 18 and up, 18 to 30, they don't know what they believe. So let's keep going because the last one is the authority, the authority. Wow. Association, uh, if we don't give them a sense of belonging, they don't have that feeling of association, that right, you know, what a right, right relationship is like. So you know what could happen. They go through life feeling rejected and turn out to be suicidal, assassins, murderers, anything because of what the fathers have done or not done in the home. It's serious. It's serious. All authority is the last thing, and I want to. Uh, I do. I do want to try to burn this into your brain. The last thing of these things is the father must give the children a sense of authority. You have value. You have anointing. You have purpose. You have authority. You speak that into your children, and um, in our world today, anarchy is the order of the day. They're running and rioting in the streets, and the hearts of the people in the streets are riot. Rebellion. The reason is that they have no real sense of authority. I don't have to listen to the parents. I don't have to listen to pastor. I don't have to listen to the law enforcement. I don't have to listen to anybody. No authority. That's anarchy. 
And it's going in the streets. It's rampant in the streets. Am I talking to anybody here in me? It's there. You have to watch the news or what? It's real. We didn't train up our children the way they should go, so they're running in the streets like wild people. Well, this week on the news, I saw this man, a gang member, chasing. Did you all see that? The gun. And a lady was running with her little toddler. And the, and the so the gang member's chasing the other gang member, I guess. He ran over the mama and the little toddler. The little toddler's rolling over. He's got a gun in his hand, pointing at the mama and the toddler. I mean, oh, that's terrible. And what if a little lady is sitting on the side there? She could get shot too. How I many? Oh, it's a mess. If we don't have revival, we're going to have a, a bad day ahead. It's a serious day that we're living in, and, and we need to learn how to correct our children. Let them know what authority is. You're the father, man. You don't ask the children. The divine order is backwards today. God, it's supposed to be God, right? Jesus, man, woman, children, you know, all down to that line. Now it's, now it's no God. There's no God. Want me to keep preaching? Mama's ruling the roost. The children, oh, y'all don't want me to preach. But I'm just telling you, divine order is all messed up. It's out of whack and it won't work. Now, the only way mama be, becomes first is when daddy's absent. Then mama has to help. But the children are before mama and daddy. They're telling mom and daddy what to do. If you have to ask your children, something's wrong with this picture. Children shouldn't be ordering everything. I don't want to go there. You know what my daddy told me? You got to go where I tell you to go. My daddy told me, and maybe you heard this. This is my daddy said, Brother Phil. As long as I'm the daddy in this house, you're going to do what I said. And he had a belt long enough to prove it. I felt the wrath of my father, and I got in line sometimes. But we are the we are the father figure. We're the God figure in the sense every sense of the word. If we don't teach our children authority by exercising proper authority, then it's easy for them to be anarchist and become rebels, and then to deny any exercise of authority in their lives. They won't listen to the teacher. They won't listen to the principal. Who cares? You call the principal. Call the cops. And now, since there's no authority in the cops, they, they don't even call the cops. They're not going to come in. They don't want to come. I heard this week we lost 50 cops. 50 cops in one incident. It's a bad day. This is not a racial issue. How I many know this is a sin issue? It's Juneteenth. I said it's Juneteenth, and we ought to be thankful that God delivered us from slavery. Could somebody give God praise that we don't have slavery in our day? God can't bless slavery. There shouldn't be a racial issue. There's a racial issue because there's a sin issue. So we're not denying that we've got problems in America, but I'm telling you, it's not because social problem. It's a sin problem. It's absence of God, absence of fathers who know God. That's what the problem is. And so... So, uh, no authority in their lives. They want to live uh, in rebellion, do anything they want, simply because they've never been taught to have authority. So, I just want to tell you as we close out here, um, correct your children. Don't just punish them. Correct them. We have funny stories. I'm not going to tell them because the girls get mad at me when I do. But they tried to fool daddy a few times when it came time for discipline. And it's funny stories, but you can't can't hear it from me. Ask Chrissy, she'll tell you. 
But I tried as a parent who's trying to give devotion and love and discipline. I tried to explain why. Don't you think the children ought to have a decent why? Daddy, why are you whipping me? I told, well, listen, I hate this. It hurts me more than it hurts you. I mean, no, that never was true. It hurt them. I know it hurt me more than it hurt my daddy. It seemed like it. And I explained, well, you know, you can't do this. This is not right. Mom and daddy told you, and you did it anyway, and this is why you're getting it. This is why. And they get that. They cry, and they get over it, and they go on. They don't do it again. See? To obey is better than sacrifice. If you obeyed, you wouldn't have got a whipping. Do you all understand that? Discipline's very important, so don't be afraid. Don't ignore wrong behavior. When your child does something wrong, don't ignore it. When they're crude or crash or smart mouth you. I smart mouthed my mama. I was 18 years old in a public department store. And she ain't but four, four foot, or was it four foot five? You know, and I'm 18. I'm just barely a taller than her. But I thought I was, you know, it. I wasn't saved yet, by the way. Just wasn't saved yet. But I said something. Now, I wasn't even ugly. I just was, you know, telling her like what I was going to do. And I smart mouthed her somehow or another. But before I could blink, she smacked me in the mouth and then pow! <laughs> and that's okay if we were home. But we're in a public place and I am, you know, somebody. I didn't know who I was, but I was somebody. And I looked around real quick like, <laughs> somebody saw my mama smack me in the mouth. How embarrassing is that? How I many know I never said anything to her again? Anywhere for that matter. And just because you're four foot five don't mean you don't have a pack and a punch. She put it on me. And I say, thank you, mama. I know it's not Mother's Day, but daddy did it too. Don't ignore bad behavior. Don't do that. The Bible says spare the rod and what? All right. Give them protection, but don't pamper your children. Now, I know when it comes to blessing your children, I'm going to speak a blessing on you all. We're going to go home. I know we want our children to be blessed, our grandkids. It's hard not. It's harder not to bless your grandkids than it was not to bless your kids. I mean, your grandkids, I sh- I'm, I'm still studying. I'm sure in there it says bless, bless and spoil your grandkids. I'm certain it says that in there somewhere. I'm looking for it. It's hard not to. Well, God, you gave them to me as a gift. I just want to bless them. But you're not really blessing them if you're not correcting them. Are you all hearing me? You're not really protecting them, right? So children, when they're dealt with uh, unjustly by somebody else, they'll try to tell you. Uh, but try to take up for the other person rather than your child. You, you may be doing them an injustice. You ever, as a child, seen a child play mom and dad against each other? Because they have a, 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 a they have a worldly nature. How I many know you don't have to teach your kids to disobey? They are born with that. Little manipulators. They're not even five, and they're manipulators. But we got to be careful to protect them in a bunch of ways. How about daughters? Protect them, girls. I said, how many still believe God can keep them pure till they get married? I said, how many believe God can still keep a young girl pure till they get married? It'll be a, a tough job. But, Daddy, if you'll learn, Mama, if you'll learn, they can stay pure until they get married. I believe they can. Some parents have given up, but I believe they can. I said, I believe they can. That's protection. It is the glory to a man to present his daughter as a chaste virgin at the time of their marriage. 
one of the things we have to do is protect that. We have to protect that. We don't need to provoke children by overseeing them to the point of smothering them. If you smother them too much, how many know it's a fine line here? Got to give them a little room, but but you got to protect them and guide them. Don't just let them go off with anybody, anywhere, especially in this day. This is not a marriage and family seminar, but I'm feeling it. Right? So talk to them uh, um, in your bedroom or living room before they talk to somebody else in their bedroom or living room. Are y'all hearing me? Okay, okay. Getting a little quiet and freaky. So I tell people that need counseling, uh, uh, I want to get them on, on neutral territory sometimes. I get from behind the desk. Josiah, I never want the desk to be in between us as professional. I want to get down to business. I want to bless them. I want to hear them. I want to talk to them so they can trust us, right? So here you go. Don't uh, You don't mold clay when it's dry. I mean, oh, clay has to be oh, uh, soft, pliable. You'll never mold anything if it's dry. So if you lose your chance, you lose your chance if, you, if you're not careful there. Uh, Talk to them when they're little. They'll talk to you when they're big. Give your children equal access. Don't be partial with your children. And uh, you have the ability to make learning a joy to your children. I remember when Chrissy was little and she said, Daddy, do you love Tori more than me? I mean, that's a loaded question. Tori was first. I've been loving her for, you know, five years. And now Chrissy's asking me if I love Tori more than her. And uh, boy. I don't know if you've ever been put on the spot, but I mean, oh, they're smarter than you think they are. I said, of course not. I love you the same. Here's $5. Don't tell Tori. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I was just, <laughs> you know, you know, you can do that, right? You can get there where you start, you start uh, favoring one over the other. Jacob did it with Joseph. Wasn't good. So learn how to love them unconditionally all the same. They need you, daddy. They need you. They need you, Daddy. They need you. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. I came to tell you that payday is coming. So show them the way everlasting. Payday is coming. Show them the glorious destination that awaits the faithful. All right? Look what he said as you come back, Chrissy and Taylor, and the worship team. Many people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be Lord and master over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and may those who bless you be blessed. What a blessing. What a blessing to say. The power of a blessing. The power of a blessing. We got to go, and we're not going to have an altar here. I know there's some breakout and things, and we'll let you go home and enjoy today with your family. And hope you have a great Father's Day. Uh, I would like, before all of us stand, I would like those who are going on the trip to stand right where you are. If you're going on the trip tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., if you're going and you're here, would you stand? One, I'm standing. Two, Chrissy's standing. Three, Terry's standing. Four, Melissa's standing. Five, there's only five of us going. Aaron, you're standing. That's six. Everybody else uh, packing? Okay, there's uh, Allie. She's going. That's seven. Some are in the nursery. Christy's gone. The foresters may be packing, you know. <laughs> they always are gone, man. They're always all over the world. But uh, so Chris is uh, driving. I think the kids are gone. They're driving one van, and then uh, and then Tammy's driving the other van. And Melissa and I are taking the vehicle. 
just a, uh, we don't want to take a trailer. How many know I don't like piling a bunch of people in a van and taking a trailer? I'd rather be safe. So, so with the rest of you stand and uh, and uh, I want to ask you a question. I want to pray for the the whole team. They're scattered all over the building. I know um, some of you here today say, Pastor Ron, I can stand a blessing. Come on, lift your hand and say, I can sure stand a blessing. I can stand a blessing. I want to pray for you. Father, right now, I pray for those who said, I'm doing the best I can to be a father and a leader and a mother, parent, my children. My kids are little and they're in this stage. May may I be ready for the next stage. Help me to love them redemptively, sacrificially. Help me to love them, care for them, cherish them, protect them. Lead them as Paul led Timothy with a sincere love. This is my true son. This is my son. This is my daughter in the faith, in the spirit. Help us as Old Grove to become surrogate mothers and fathers. As children come into this house, may we love them, adopt them, and take them as our own. Help us to care for each other's children in the house, Lord, and grandkids. We're one family. We're just one family. So if there's any men here suffering from guilt or shame or any other thing, I pray that you'll redeem them today. Let them let that go. Look toward payday that's coming. There's a payday coming. Lord, that we're going to be able to see our children. We're going to make the investments today so we can see a generation be blessed tomorrow. Pray a blessing over them, Lord. Bless them and keep them. May your face shine upon them. May your countenance go with them this week. May you turn your face toward them and favor them like you did Joseph. And just as we've seen every one of these men lay their hands, including Jesus on the disciples and Paul with Timothy and Titus and Philemon. And on today, we're still doing it today. I pray that you would help us to be men and women who will bless this generation of unparented children. Orphans, if you please struggling with all kinds of issues that none of us ever faced or ever thought we would face. So bless them and let them know that payday is coming. Let us set things in order now. Straighten out the divine order. If it's out of order, get it in order. Help our culture to see a true family, a true godly family led by the Holy Spirit. And may moms and dads take their children today on the side on Father's Day Lay their hands on them and speak life into them and speak a blessing over them and their grandkids in the mighty name of Jesus. And bless the team as we go to bless the church in Louisiana and the ministry down in New Orleans. Pray you give us protection. Lord, I pray for those who are suffering from COVID. If they're at home, I pray healing come over all of them, every one of them, and shut that thing down, Lord, so we can keep moving. Help our culture to rise up come through all of this stuff help our nation as we approach Father's Day uh, or July 4th help our nation to realize it's God and God alone who's going to take us through this in Jesus name Amen Amen may the Lord bless you have a great day the Lord don't don't come tonight Uh, we do have a a poster out there it says Father's Day and it's red white and blue If you want to get your father and honor your dad today, go over there and take a picture with your family. Pull them all together. We'll be here for a little while. Take a little time to just go over there and be blessed.
Have a great day. Happy Father's Day, all of you. Go out and lead kids into the kingdom. Have a great day.